You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy, Farhan Hassan, and Sean McGuire. Well, gather round, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello. Hello. And Sean, I am just so excited. We get football this week. I can't even believe it, dude. I can't either. For months, I didn't even know if it was going to happen, and now it's here. I, uh, I just tweeted out, I think I've never been this excited about a football season my entire life. And I don't know if it's, I said, I don't know if it's COVID or if it's like, just because you and I have done a lot of prep and like research, um, more so than normal. And so like, I kind of want to find out whether some of these things I've been thinking about are going to happen. We'll get into that. But, but that is, I, I don't know what it is, but I, it feels like Christmas is coming in, in uh, September. I was just thinking about that today. Actually, we've been doing this podcast for the last five months already. Something like that, yeah. And uh, we've never been wrong because <laughs> every prediction we've made has yet to be I mean, pr- proven or disproven. I, I'm not going to say that we've never been wrong because I think there's been some things that have happened that <laughs> already maybe were wrong. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, but nothing like seriously wrong. And it could still happen. You know what I mean? Like, right. whatever it is that like, the world. Anything can happen. So, uh, yeah, so I'm even more excited for the season because of that. S- see how right I was. Right. <laughs> or how wrong Or I how was. wrong, yeah. Hey, do you have a, uh, any idea where Farhan is today, Sean? So, I have a, I have a yeah, I know, totally know where Farhan is. So, I, I listened, I wasn't able to join the podcast last week. Actually, I, I could have, but I, it didn't work out because I was way far up north. And uh, I, I, I know you guys had... Um, made some comment about me trying to order a bacon double cheeseburger, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, your story is mostly correct. It's not 100% correct. But anyway, the bottom line is, is, is Farhan was so so excited and jealous, honestly, of my bacon double cheeseburger, which I had gotten at Gordy's Hi-Hat, for those of you who are in Minnesota. Um, in Cloquet, in if Cloquet, you want to look Minnesota. it up. Yeah, it's awesome. Anyway, so he was jealous, and I could tell he was jealous. I could hear it in his voice. He might have been talking about josh gordon but really he was he wanted the bacon double cheeseburger so uh, i sent i sent him to the most gluttonous place i could think of today which is the last day of the minnesota state fair you get big fat bacon you get mini donut beer you can get all these lovely delicacies nice now is there is there well you got funny the problem the problem is that the fair isn't happening this year because of the pandemic, so I'm a little confused. Oh, so he's just wandering around St. Paul, like, looking for these things I promised him? Oh, that's, I feel bad. He's looking for big, fat bacon. He's looking for big, fat bacon. Random alleys in St. Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> he, might find, he might find big, fat bacon. <laughs> well, once again, Sean, I, I heard something different. Okay, what'd you hear? Well, I, I don't know if you've heard about this. This was news for me, but I guess live stream shopping has become like a big thing in China. So if it's kind of like the QVC shopping network, you know, stuff's being but on the sold, internet, but it's live streamed and like anybody can do it. It's like being a YouTube star. They have these live stream shopping stars in China. Okay. It's like a $66 billion industry. That I've never heard of. Exactly. Me neither. Um, but it's, I guess Farhan decided to try it out. I mean, he is so enthusiastic about trying new things, trying, trying out for to be a cardboard cutout. I mean, like it's just, it's just amazing. So he is trying his hand at being a, uh, a live stream shopping host, I guess is what you would call it. Awesome. Yeah. We'll see how it turns out. I mean, as with everything else, some people are really good at it and become stars and other people. Did he have to go to China for that? Nah. I was going to say, because I don't think China's letting us in. Right. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it's live stream. So he's probably just in his bedroom with his phone and right selling exactly what he'd be doing if he was here today. He he just reaches <laughs> up on the shelf behind his bed and oh, <laughs> what can I sell this for? <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> All right, we've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about some storylines that we'll be following in the NFL this year. We'll also be making some predictions about awards that'll be given out at the end of the year, like who the best running back was, who the breakout rookie wide receiver was, that sort of thing. But before we get to that, we have a few bits of news. Yeah, did you hear that Washington football team cut Adrian Peterson? I don't know if you're familiar with this guy, but he's a pretty good running back. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. <laughs> So uh, this was a, a bit of a shocker for people. Um, basically, I started thinking about this, and we've made our predictions before that I thought he was going to be the the bell cow there. It won't that won't happen. Um, what I thought was interesting was what Rivera said about it, which is that it wasn't about AP; it was about the other backs, which means he feel, is feeling much more comfortable with the guys that he has there. Um, it, which for me comes down to two only two guys that are relevant. Um, Bryce Love or Antonio Gibson. I think most people are excited about Antonio Gibson. The thing I'm I'm nervous about there is we really are talking about a guy that that last played running back in high school. He he had in college he had one eleven carry game, he had one six carry game, everything else was like two or three carries. So for him to come in there and 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 be the guy, it's gonna be a big change. There's not a there's not a track record of wide receivers who have transitioned to running back in the NFL. Right. He's a guy that uh, we might be talking about later in the show. For sure. Uh, Tampa Bay signed Leonard Fournette this week. Um, I guess the big question there is how does the, how does the Wait, kid... He got, he got cut? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just came back from the woods. <laughs> the question there is how do the carries shake out in Tampa? Uh, we have different opinions on this, I think, Sean. I think Tampa has given us indications all season long or all preseason that they're not super comfortable with Ronald Jones. Uh, I missed those signs as I became a Ronald Jones truther a little bit, but, um, what are the signs for you? Cause, cause maybe I missed them as well. Sure. Uh, <laughs> drafting Keyshawn Vaughn in oh, the third sign. round, yeah. signing Leshawn McCoy. Uh, that's a sign maybe now, now signing Leonard Fournette. Those are just some off the top of my head. Um, so I, I think that this becomes Fournette's backfield, at least for the majority of carries. Whereas I, I, I'm going to take Arians at his word or his face value. He basically said, this is, nothing's changed. It's Rojo's job. I'm not certain how long that lasts. He, if I think if Rojo is good, it's his job. But I think this is a nice insurance policy and a lot of people who don't believe in it, the talent will gravitate towards Fournette. Uh, so the next part, we, we talked about Washington cutting AP. But then he signed in Detroit, and I think this is a, 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 an interesting situation because now there are three running backs where there used to be two running backs. Um, I actually am not convinced that AP is going to stay in Detroit. I think – so if I look back oh. when AP signed in New Orleans a couple of years ago, he was really unhappy uh, because he wasn't the primary guy. They had just drafted a guy like Swift in, in Kamara. They had a veteran there, um, and – and he basically kind of squeaked, and they moved him, and they got a sixth-round pick out of it. And I, I think Detroit is just waiting for somebody to really need somebody. He might still end up in Jacksonville, honestly. I think this is – AP is going to be there for a couple of weeks. He's going to squeak. They're going to move him. They're going to get a pick out of it. Huh. That's just a wild guess. Sure. When when I think of savvy franchises, Detroit does not top my <laughs> list. So that uh, seems like a savvy That is move. a hole in my theory. That's <laughs> true. It's a hole in my theory. I, I just, I, I don't, they just spent all this capital on a very talented guy in DeAndre Swift. I don't understand the signing at all. And I did not understand the signing of AP in New Orleans at all. Same, I, I'm getting the same vibe. That's all. They they just wanted to add a a pass catching target for uh, Stafford in in AP right yeah he's a really good pass catcher <laughs> <laughs> all right um, on to the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, with with uh, Fournette leaving town uh, there's discussion on who's going to take over the running back duties in Jacksonville what do you think well this is kind of similar you were mentioning in Washington that the coach said it they just became comfortable with the people they had in camp. 
And it sounds like, if you believe what, sh- what I'm hearing, that the same thing happened in Jacksonville. And it's James Robinson that is the guy that made them feel comfortable letting Fournette go. The Jaguars GM, David Caldwell, said that Robinson's training camp played a role in the decision to release Fournette. The head coach, Doug Marone, commented that the gap between those two, Robinson and Fournette, was smaller than expected. And... Um, I didn't really know much about Robinson, but in digging, he led the nation in total yards after contact last year. So he's uh, he's a talented guy that, that made a, a franchise, an NFL franchise, feel comfortable letting their bell cow go. So you don't care about Raquel Armstead? Well, I do because he's on my team. <laughs> um, <laughs> or I'm Divine just... Ozigbo? I've never, I don't know who that guy is either, honestly. Sure. Um, I just, I'm just... From what I'm reading and hearing buzz about, uh, I would I would take a stab at Robinson if you're still picking up players. So, here, I'm gonna I'll descend a little bit. They brought in Devonta Freeman as well, and so if they feel really comfortable, I, I think they got rid of Fournette because they didn't want Fournette. They didn't want Fournette because Fournette bad mouthed the mustache, and uh, and I think that the, and among other things, I think they just didn't want Fournette, and I think that's what that was about. I think the other thing that's about is they got 16 rookies on their final final roster. I don't think they have any interest in winning any football games this year. I want no part of this offense. I don't care who the bell callback is. I would avoid it. Uh, I don't think that's terrible advice. <laughs> uh, I got some news on a guy that doesn't matter at all, but oh, the situation. Do tell. <laughs> yeah. So the Packers cut Jake Kumaro, who. Um, who? Yeah. See. A lot of people pay attention to, in Minnesota to um, wide receivers like Kumaro, who are kind of a – Packers have a tendency to kind of dig these guys up out of nowhere, and, and uh, people gravitated to Kumaro as a, as a deep sleeper. The thing that I think is interesting about this is that Aaron Rodgers called him a roster lock just days before he was cut. And so for I'm trying to figure out is how disconnected is Aaron Rodgers from that administration there in Green Bay? He – he obviously was disconnected when they drafted a rookie quarterback in the first round. Um, I, I'm just, I'm wondering if they're even talking with him. If they're on the same page. It, to me, it seems like this is maybe a sign. It's a weird sign, but a, a, another sign that I don't know how long Aaron Rodgers is going to remain in Green Bay. This is, I, I'm going to claim that as my one of my storylines for the year. I, I seriously am interested to see how that turns yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody's watching whether Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to be so upset about things. He just deliberately tries to throw to his, his terrible number two receivers to try to prove the point that he doesn't have any. I mean, like, people are coming up with these um, weird theories. I don't know if any of them are true, but it's interesting. As a Vikings fan, I would like nothing more than to watch the Green Bay Packers implode. <laughs> totally. Uh, uh, Lynn Bowden was traded to Miami this yeah, week. Yeah. So Lynn Bowden was a guy that I think you and I basically said, don't draft him. What I think is interesting about this is two things. One, it's a huge vote of confidence. I mean, they, they, they IR'd, uh, Terrell Williams, they traded Lynn Bowden. They, they believe in their young guys in Edwards and, and Renfro and Ruggs. And I think this is another sign. It's also a sign that is really hard to convert, a wide receiver into being a running back, which is a again we're looking going back to Washington with Antonio Gibson. Um, it, it just wasn't working. He wasn't able to pass block. Um, the other thing I think is interesting um, is is Miami. There's room um, for him in Miami, and there's room for him to be a wide receiver. Miami actually lists him as a wide receiver now, so they're acknowledging. Well, we're not going to try to convert him to be a running back. He was a wide receiver in college, suddenly be a wide receiver. I actually think that actually helps Bowden's value a lot. So if you made the mistake of drafting Lynn Bowden, you should be happy that he's now going to a place where there, there's a, a, a maybe a one-year wonder um, in Devontae Parker and, and maybe a flash in the pan who's going to flame out of the NFL and Preston Williams. And, and so maybe Lynn Bowden has a real chance in Miami. I'm not still – I'm really not high on him, but I just think that that's – uh, he now has some value. Uh, lastly, can I talk about Josh Gordon? 
Is this like a Jake Kumaro kind of thing? It's not really the player we're interested in. I think for me that he so he signed. And I've for anybody that that knows me, I have uh, loved Josh Gordon since I drafted him as a rookie, and he he was tremendous. And then I've continued to pick him up on, on my team year after year. Um, and he signed in Seattle, and so everybody asked me like, "What do you think about Josh Gordon in Seattle?" And I think, "Oh, Josh Gordon, mean the guy that the Patriots cut mid-season when they needed wide receivers last year." <laughs> oh, so I don't really care about Josh Gordon. Uh, so then the question is, does this affect DK Metcalf's or um, Tyler Lockett's value? That's the only question to me. I think it does knock DK's value down a little bit because they're similar players in a lot of respects. Um, I, I think they might have more. Tyler Lockett playing out of the slot, but ultimately they're, they were all pretty functional last year when, when Gordon played there. So I'm not too worried about it. All right. We're going to move into our top 10 storylines of the year. Uh, I already claimed the uh, Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers saga as one of the storylines. Uh, so, so we're down to nine. We're down. Well, yeah, but you know, it's still 10 if we, if it's we still take there. that one. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So what's, what's your next one? What's your first one, Sean? So I'm really interested in seeing what happens with Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack and in the, in the Indianapolis offense. I, I've put out there that I think that they're both going to be good. Um, and they're going to just run, 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 run all year long. Um, but I don't know. I mean, we none of us know. None of us know what, what's going to happen here. I think that's going to be an interesting situation where they have what I think is a, a talented running back, and they've got a rookie that they moved up for, um, and they keep on saying they really like both these guys. So I, I just think this is going to be an interesting thing to watch. There's a lot of people who think it's going to be one way or the other way. I'm kind of in the middle, and um, I'm curious. Do you think the same thing can be said for Detroit with, with Swift and <laughs> is carry it, on is that and... is that also interesting? I, no, I don't because I, I'm I'm not a big believer in carry on okay. basically. And it, but now they got AP there, and I, so yeah. So some of these, this maybe can be a stand-in for a lot of running back um, balancing and how in terms of carries. Also, I'm just not that excited about the Detroit offense overall. They don't tend to do a lot on the ground, and and whereas I think Indianapolis is potential that there's going to be two good running backs there, so I think it's it's interesting. Do I think? Um, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, that's the reason why we're talking about it because I don't know. I mean, I have I have thoughts. I've expressed my thoughts. I I just think it's interesting. All right, my first storyline, of course, or maybe not, of course, but we have to be thinking about COVID this season. The question is, will COVID? strike the NFL? Is it going to impact the NFL in a major way? It's obviously going to impact us in some way. Um, my guess is that it does impact. Should we, should we say this? Cause we, this is, this was one of the, the prediction items. Oh, okay. Okay. There we go. Storyline number two for me. All we'll, right. we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. Cause I know, cause we do, cause I did, that was one of the items that we were going to put in there so actually i think speaking of COVID, though this is a COVID. my next storyline is a is a COVID related item uh i have a theory because we you and i have openly discussed and and farhan and justin actually when justin's coming here uh we all hate adam gase i <laughs> think he's terrible um i actually think i have a theory that adam gase's job might be saved by COVID. <laughs> and the reason is this i actually think that they, they've got so much structure uh, in place uh, right now for for all these these teams and in terms of managing coronavirus, where you know the coaches are, are really well integrated into the organization in terms of managing this on a day to day basis. That the idea of switching out a coach just because you don't like him. Um, when you could wait till the end of the year when there's a, a, a an easier transition. I just think it's a guy that might get fired halfway through the season. I think teams might just say, we're just going to hold on to this guy. He's managing the situation right now. He's done. I'm not saying Adam Gase is going to have a job next year. I'm just saying he might not get fired mid-season, which is what I, which is what I was predicting previously. Huh. It's an interesting take. Plus, Le'Veon Bell says he likes him now. So we'll... <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear some conversations between those two. I don't even know if they talk. <laughs> All right. My storyline number three, how does Nuke transition yes. to life in the desert? 
uh, this is I can talk about this one, right? We're not yeah, gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, the only my concern for Nuke in the desert, I think it was 2016. It was his third year in the league, and he was catching balls from the likes of Tom Savage oh, and Brock Osweiler. Now he did have um, a decent output that year, but I think he only had four touchdowns. I think he was just under a thousand yards, so it was not. Are you a, comparing Kyler Murray to Tom Savage? Well, no, because <laughs> I because you I mean just want to make that clear because yeah. you you tried to get me to make a comparison between somebody and Tom Brady before, although I probably walked into it. But anyway, yeah, no, I absolutely am not making that comparison. But we do have a long history of wide receivers struggling in a new new place their first year. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. So. Um, how does he transition? I actually think he's going to transition fine. He's a pro's pro, uh, but that that does give me a little bit of pause. It 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 give me a little pause, not because he's transitioning to the to the desert, not because it's a new team. For me, it gives me pause because he's going into an offense that features a whole lot of wide receivers. So it's not a situation where oh we've got a, a Will Fuller on the other side who's hurt all the time. Um, now you've got uh, you've got the greatest, you know, slot receiver probably ever played in the NFL and Larry Fitzgerald. And you've got, um, I don't know who else is. I mean, they got Andy Isabella and Christian Kirk, oh gosh, Chris, Christian Kirk, of course. And Hakeem, ba- Oh wait, no, sorry. <laughs> they don't have him, but sorry guys who they didn't even sign him to their practice squad. Oh really? Yeah. Is he still out there? Yeah. He's just, they're just like, no, we're done. Bye. Wow. I know. I can't believe it. That guy was... Josh Rosen got signed to a practice squad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was so highly touted coming into the NFL draft. I just... I don't know what you do to end up in that spot. I think he, I think he can't catch. That was a problem in college. He had he had problems with his hands. And if you... If, and also, I guess, if you're really big and maybe you can't separate, um, then, then tough luck. But it is a mystery because it... it he was fourth. He wasn't drafted highly, but but there was enough hype, um, and enough people that have um, I think spent time looking at this to presume that maybe he's not going to be a superstar, but like cut right away and then yeah, not even signed to a practice squad. Mm. Um, okay, so the next one is me, right? Okay, so my next question is: uh, Can Lamar Jackson become a passer? <laughs> and you're looking at me like. He threw 36 touchdowns last year. Yeah, but he only threw for about 3,000 yards. And for me, um, being being able to dump a touchdown off to guys that are wide open because you are so incredibly mobile is not the same thing as being a passer that can read a defense. And if if he's got, let's just say, um, some kind of injured leg where he can't really, he's not that mobile, can he actually beat you with his arm? Um, I don't think he's there yet. I think it's an open question whether he can be there. I'm not saying he can't um, because people have been betting against this guy and he's proven them wrong. So uh, I just think that's an interesting question. I think defenses are going to shift to take away his legs a little bit and he has to up his game one more level to be able to, to and this is also true for Josh Allen to be honest with you, but um, can they effectively um, uh, beat you with just the arm? So is it, is it a yardage total that would be an indicator for you that he's become a passer? Or what, what metrics would you... I mean, that's a good question because if he still has his legs, even the yardage total probably wouldn't convince me. I mean, being totally honest. Uh, I think you'd have to be... He'd, he'd have to uh, probably play a game hurt and, and still be able to beat you with the pass. But for me... I think looking at the yardage total is it doesn't have to he doesn't have to throw for five thousand yards, but if he can get close to four thousand yards, I think he's making a good indication that he probably is going to progress into being this du- true dual threat, um, where he you you know like a, like a Russell Wilson type who can who can beat you with his legs, but he's just going to beat you with his arm because it's easier. Gotcha. Right, my next storyline, we've talked about this a little bit in past episodes, but who becomes the number one wide receiver in Houston? Deshaun Watson's there. He's He's got a big new contract. Yeah, he's going to put up numbers. So the question is, who's going to be catching those balls? Um, I've heard good things about Fuller 
this season from multiple sources. Yeah. You you being one of them. <laughs> um, but I've also, uh, uh, I've heard the argument and I also have researched this argument in the sure. past. Brandon Cooks has, I think he's been on 16 different teams. That's a little bit of hyperbole. <laughs> a little there. bit small, yes. But he's, he's been a, productive in all of them though. That's what I was going to say. He's one of those guys we just talked about receiver is going to a new team and struggling he He's, really hasn't right he's just gone to new he's teams. even gone to new england and been productive right. right he just nobody does that goes to the new place and puts up a thousand yards and and goes home with his lunchbox <laughs> so uh yeah i'm i am interested. and they gave up a second rounder for him yeah which, i am interested to see who ends up on top there yeah i think that's a good that's a good storyline um so the my next one is about uh, looking at a, a, a trio of players, two quarterbacks and a wide receiver, that have both given some indication that they're good, like really good, and some indication that maybe they're not. Maybe they may even be bad, and that's uh, Baker Mayfield, Drew Locke, and Juju Smith-Schuster. So we've seen um, flashes, and a flash could be even be a full season, or even in Juju's case, basically two seasons, where he looked really good, and then there's some stuff where he looked really bad, and there's just incredibly polarizing players. Um, is Baker Mayfield, is he the guy who set the NFL rookie passing touchdown record, or is he the guy whose who's, um, most interesting thing to watch is a series of commercials about living in a stadium? I mean, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what he is. Right. I think that's interesting. Drew Locke, such a small sample size, so many weapons around him. Um, but really like we haven't seen anything that's like, oh, he's worthy of all of this and he could be tremendous or he could flame out and take that entire offense down with him. Yeah. The interesting thing I found about Drew Locke, I, I just went to see what the buzz has been about him lately Yeah, on Roto world. There hasn't been a post since December. <laughs> so it's what? I, unless I just did something wrong, which is always possible. Did you but, put? Did you spell with an e on the end? No. Uh, so it's just like nothing is coming out about him or is what he's doing in camp. At least that I've seen, just from it's, Roto World. It's anyway. all top secret. It's, I guess they're, they're they're doing a better job than anybody else of uh, of keeping their their things close to their vest. Even better than Nagy. Do in you say Chicago. close to the vest or do you say close to the chest? I've heard both, and I think chest is wrong. But I don't know if that I'm right about that. I think that. the saying is vest, but I don't know why that yeah, would be. I think it's a thing that people just say close to the chest. Like, they're just maybe, it's like a malapropism, like yeah. pronouncing nuke, nook, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's spelled like I nook. get it. <sighs> All right. My last storyline. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if Kamara and Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones end up with a new contract. What about Marlon Mack? Well, yeah, you could put him in there too. He's from the same draft class. So, um, and I don't know that this is going to be answered necessarily during the season. It might be Kamara might get his contract before the season. Same thing with Cook. Um, but yeah, I'm watching that. I'm curious about those guys that are. I mean, they look pretty superstar-y. Maybe yeah. that's why Mac wasn't on my mind there. But he looks good too. Mm-hmm. But do they get paid? Do they get that second contract? Right, and if they don't get the second contract, do they? naturally fall into like this category where they're they're just kind of like these backs that kind of churn through the league and whatever or or uh and 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 really only you only start seeing the the guys get top billing uh in their first three years you right. know you have kind of a two-tier system where you get your your zeeks and your cmcs and whatnot and then you've got everybody else uh, my last storyline is how long this is like close to my heart because we're Minnesotans here. How long uh, does does it is it going to take for Stefan Diggs to lose his mind in Buffalo? <laughs> so he he blasted out of here, super happy. He wanted to get out of here. I think you don't think he really had Buffalo in mind, and they traded him to Buffalo, and uh, now he has to deal with maybe one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the league, uh, a player near and dear to my heart, and Josh Allen. And, you know, he, he's used to getting passes from a very accurate quarterback. You might not love Kirk Cousins, but he's a very right. accurate quarterback. Right. And now he's going to be having Josh Allen's throws five yards over his head um, 
I'm wondering how long that's going to last and, and whether he will, you know, start tweeting about Josh Allen or whether he's just going to remain quiet all year and just take it. I mean, or maybe Josh Allen emerges as a passer and it's not, not a thing, but I really, I think it's a, if he does emerge as a, as a quality passer, it's going to be, um, it's going to be baby steps, right? So, so here's what I'm envisioning. I, it, this all just came to me while you were talking. <laughs> like an epiphany. It's it's week four. Yeah. We come back from a from a break, a TV break. Uh, you yeah, know, commercials. Yeah, yeah. The sideline reporter jumps in and starts telling us about the altercation between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs on the sideline. Yeah, my we're, money would be on Josh Allen, by the way. <laughs> well, they're, they're not throwing they're not throwing punches. It's it's Diggs yelling at Josh Allen because right. he can't hit him on a long pass to right. save his soul. Right. Yeah, so there's there's my prediction. If, week four. Week four. Do the Vikings play the Bills this year? Do we know? I mean, we would know. I. That's a good question. I actually don't know. Yeah, neither do I. All right, we're going to move into our fantasy predictions now. We have organized this, or Sean did the work. I got to give him credit. Um, but he's organized some of these predictions. A, I don't have a life. This is what I do. <laughs> into There's a fantasy section. There's a section about NFL awards. There's just kind of a fun uh, trying to guess things right section. Within the fantasy section, which we're going to do first, um, we're trying to name the breakout player at a position, the number one player at a given position, and the rookie player at a given position, the rookie number one at that position. Uh, we're going to start with the wide receivers today. Because um, why not? Because why not? Exactly. So, Sean, who do you think the rookie wide receiver number one is going to be at the end of the year? It's so funny. When I wrote this, it was about a week and a half ago. I, I may have changed my mind since then, but I'm going to stick with my initial answer, and that's Brian Edwards. I think uh, I, 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 I think the buzz about him is all, is all really good. When I wrote this, this was before they had um, – Release Tyrell Williams, and so I think uh, I'm, I'm liking your answer as well. Um, but I, I think he's a guy that this year, especially, I think has a chance to really being productive in that offense. It's funny because um, I also at one point wrote Brian Edwards in that slot, <laughs> right? And I had mine blacked out, so you couldn't even see mine, right? Yeah, uh, I did switch it to Henry Ruggs the third, but I think Edwards and Ruggs are both good bets to be the uh, the wide receiver. Do you think they can both be really good in that offense this year? Oh, that's a good question. I'm gonna say yes, and why not? Why not? And and the. Uh, when we're talking about rookie wide receivers, I just think those guys are going to seem so much more action than the other, yeah, you know, Judy or Lamb or some of those other guys that went really high. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, I think it's good that we, it's we, we could have probably flipped them either way, but, um, but I think it's good that we've, we're representing the Las Vegas wide receivers because I think they're going to be good this year. For a breakout wide receiver, I went with DJ Moore. Uh, he had a really good season last season. He would have been even better had he scored more touchdowns. He only scored four touchdowns last year, but I think he's going to be peppered with targets. I think he's a good run after the catch guy. Um, and so I've, I've, uh, predicted he will be the breakout receiver of 2020. I think he is uh, a great match for the arm of Teddy Bridgewater or lack thereof. <laughs> so right. I, I so I I'm, I I'm with you on that. I'm not totally with you on that because I picked out. Actually, I picked. I cheated. I picked two guys. I picked a uh, picked DK Metcalf as a as a breakout. Um, and my, for me, breakout means you're moving into like the top echelon. Uh, I just see um, so many things uh, from Seattle. I think his game is basically set up to to be a dominant guy in this league. I also put down Will Fuller. Um, and and that that one's a. A bit of a surprise uh, stretch. He has to stay healthy. If he stays healthy in that offense, though, I think Will Fuller will be a wide receiver one this year. I mean, it's hard to say those words without qualifying them, but um, but I think there's a good chance that he, far from being a guy down 30s in your in your in your rankings, that he finishes the year somewhere between say 10 and 15, and I think that would be a breakout for him. For sure. All right, the wide receiver one I've predicted will be Chris Godwin. I like that pick. And my question is, why not? He was number two last year. Right. It's really difficult to stay on top as the wide receiver or any position yeah. to be the number one guy several years in a row. 
So, yeah, I think with Tom Brady in town, uh, he's going to get, again, tons of targets, and uh, why not? So why not? So he, I gave him strong consideration because I really like the mesh of his game with Tom Brady's. Um, I also considered, obviously, Michael Thomas. I do see his numbers coming down a little bit um, with Emmanuel Sanders. I've, I've said that before. And, so, mm-hmm. and pretty much everybody else that I really I, I gave some serious thought to, including Tyreek Hill, I, I saw as there's a reason why I think their volume might decrease this year. The one exception, Devontae Adams. And I see no reason for his volume to decrease unless it's Aaron Rodgers throwing a tantrum. Yeah, unless he's chucking balls into the press box just <laughs> right. to prove a point. But uh, so I, I saw that as, okay, he's got a, a premier quarterback. They've done nothing to, try, to take any pressure off of him. And uh, he's already an elite receiver. So, w- w- again, to mirror you, why not? Why not Devontae Adams being the wide receiver one? Great. All right, let's talk about some tight ends here. Who do you think is going to be the rookie tight end, the number one rookie tight end? Do we have to? Because it's like, you know, I don't think any of these guys are going to be all that good. But um, I'm going to go with Devin Asiasi. And I'm going to go with Devin Asiasi um, because, you know, I was a little soft on – I still am a little soft on New England's offense this year, even with Cam. But um, I think he is a is a, is a um, – for a rookie tight end, is he's got a, a nice package to be a productive receiver, and they really have nothing there. I have heard some positive buzz uh, for him coming out of camp, and uh, I think he starts the season um, getting targets pretty early, and um, they don't have um, tremendous uh, quality receivers either, honestly. I mean, they kind of got an unknown rookie, or I guess he's not a rookie, but in, in, um, and they got Edelman, but... Um, I just think the guys are gonna have to catch passes there, and why not Devin Asiasi? And you're talking about Nikhil Harry. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. I mean, Nikhil, he's an unknown. He's an unknown quantity. quantity. He had like a flash for about two, three games last year that I thought he looked pretty good. Um, I, that team has been very bad at drafting wide receivers, and so I think there's an open question, and I just think that there's it's it's a spot where a tight end can step in and who has some receiving skills and be productive. I went with Adam Troutman from New Orleans. You like that guy. Well, and honestly, I I have to admit I did not dip back in and do any research. What I remember, I guess I didn't care. (laughs) From the original research, yes. I didn't care that much about the rookie tight ends. Um, But I I just know that the Saints gave up a bunch of picks to get him. Yeah. And so I just think— I like his future. I do like his future. And So maybe this year is not—we'll see. But why not? Because why not? (laughs) <laughs> we'll see. I mean, they obviously plan to use him. They they wanted him. Uh, how about the breakout tight end? Uh, I I went with two. Um, That's cheating, like you stated before. Yeah, I, I went with two because you had two. I see you've deleted one. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I went with Chris, uh, Chris Herndon. Actually, um, I had Hawkinson on there as well, but that's the guy I deleted. Yeah. He's kind of like I think the trendy breakout tight end guy, so I, I'm trying to be a little, a little edgier with my picks. I'm going to go with Chris Herndon. I think they don't have any receivers there with the Jets, um, and uh, I have heard good things out of Herndon. So we we talked about it earlier that, or maybe we didn't talk about it, but one of the newsbreakers was that uh, Adam Gase is actually talking up Chris Herndon, who spent the entire year last year in his doghouse. So. Uh, I think that that's a, a guy that can can elevate his game and, and be somebody that people are going to want to have next year. Do you think Adam Gase is holding like just social Zoom meetings with Herndon and and Le'Veon Bell, <laughs> just like, hey guys, how wanna, you doing? Want to hang out Wednesday night? On <laughs> I Zoom? don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I really have no feel for that situation. Everything seems dysfunctional. Yeah. Um. But but I, I think the talent's there. And uh, and you know it, what's this his third year now, so I think it's it's time time for for him to shine. Sure. So I did, as I mentioned, I had Hawkinson as well. Um, I I just he's a little hobbled right now, and yeah. so I wasn't sure that I wanted to to put my chips in on him. I, I've been talking about a tight end all off season uh, with in Hayden Hurst. Uh, I think he is just going to get a 
a massive opportunity in Atlanta, and uh, so I'm I'm naming him as my breakout tight end for this year. I'm not going to quit on him now. <laughs> no, there's there's lots of reasons to like him this year, especially. All right, and then finally, the tight end one this year. And you uh, got a surprise for us here, too, I Sean? don't have a surprise. I'm going Travis Kelsey, and honestly, I, I, start, I try to pick an edgy pick. I really like Andrews or Ertz. I don't like Ertz this year, really. I don't like Andrews because I do think they're going to have a hard time throwing that many touchdowns. Um, Kittle, I, they've got some more receivers there. I'm just going to go Kelsey. I'm going to go Kelsey until it stops being Kelsey. I, I th- consider Gronk. I consider Gronk, honestly, but wow. I can't go tight end one overall for Gronk. Right. I just, I don't know what the volume is going to be like there. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Kelsey. I know it's boring. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, speaking of boring, I went with Kittle. So <laughs> not, not much more to say there. I, I just think, uh, I, I love Kittle. I, he's, he's, he's great. I, I, I love his, uh, his wife and a little, nugget a few maybe a few weeks ago uh like the madden ratings came out and they gave him i don't know if I, we covered it in this podcast but they well, gave you him mentioned a, madden ratings but... yeah they, they gave him a a not such a great stamina rating and his <laughs> wife actually tweeted and said his stamina rating is a hundred and i immediately fell in love with that couple <laughs> i thought that's awesome uh <laughs> i gotta i gotta do a social zoom meeting with them i'm sure they'd accept my call for sure right yeah yeah for sure <laughs> right all right, moving on to quarterbacks. Um, for the rookie quarterback number one, I I went with Joe Burrow. I don't see that's just because you have him. You're so well, biased. Yeah, but honestly, I don't even know who else you'd put in here. Like it sounds Would like you like, know who I put in there. Yeah. All right, I put in Joe Burrow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like uh, I'm blanking on the on the guy's name, Herbert. Oh, Herbert. I, it sounds yeah. like he's not going to play a ton this year. They're saying he's hardly going to play at all. I don't know if I believe that, but. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, and Tua is, uh, I'm, I'm guessing is going to not see a full slate of games either. And Burrow is going to, so to me, he was an easy. Yeah. I think that's one of the easiest picks we had. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about breakout QB? You know, does it count as a breakout? I I, I put down Kyler Murray and Kyler was pretty good last year. Yeah. I was going to say he might maybe broke out already. Well, I think he was good. I guess he was good last year. Um, I really think he's going to turn into great this year. And I think at the end of this year, it's going to be one of those situations where, like, this guy is in the elite group of passers. Um, it's, uh, you know, so it's, it maybe it, maybe it's not super uh, super um, edgy of a pick, but uh, I, I'm, I'm projecting him to actually do really well. We, uh, we might come back to Kyler Murray here shortly. All right. Uh, for me, I went bust with... Bust of the year. What's that? <laughs> we didn't do bust of the year. We should keep oh. things positive. All right. Oh, Who right. do you got? Right. Uh, for breakout QB, I'm going with Sam Darnold. Um, wow. Well, again, I yeah, I want to be a little edgy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And that's certainly edgy, better, more edgy than what I did. Uh, so with Darnold, I have been hearing good buzz coming out of camp from players and coaches. So I like it when... It's coming from multiple sources. Gase just loves everybody, doesn't he? So he's on that Zoom call too. Right, right. So is he is he still seeing ghosts? This is a question for me about Sam Darnold. Ah, uh, no, that'll go away. That poor guy. He's. I, I hope he to never. Ha- to have that come out as you're trying to learn in the NFL and have every, you know, jackass like me make <laughs> ghosts jokes. Right. Yeah. He, poor. he the the bar that he has to surpass to be considered, you know. A, a really good quarterback is just higher because there's this perception now. I feel even better choosing him as my breakout. I think QB you're. Though. I think you're a great person. And he's he's a, another reason. He's just so young. I just think. Yeah. Is he? Th- is he can he drink yet? I think he can, but <laughs> but barely. Right. Um, so I just think uh, that the the Jets are counting on him being their franchise guy, and he'll just grow into the job. Maybe this year. That's why I have him as a breakout. And then for my QB number one overall, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Whoa. He was number three last year, so I, I feel like it's within the realm of possibility. You think he's going to play for for a bigger paycheck? He, he's going to get paid. If he's the, the number one quarterback, he's going to get so much money. Yeah. And I love his weapons there. I just yeah. think he's he's surrounded by a really good cast of talent. 
Um, so yeah, I'm going with Dak Prescott, QB1. I'm, I'm going with an old name. I'm going with Drew Brees. Why? Because nice. I, I think Brees is um, actually is he is at the point where he is trying to make records inaccessible to other people. And last year, there were moments when he was in pursuit of some of these passing records where I just watch him and just think he cannot be stopped, except for by the Vikings. But but I just think the addition. I think Emmanuel Sanders is such a good fit on that team that uh, I really I think there's a good chance that it's going to be the old guy. I'm also a big Drew Brees fan. It's just well, I've had him on a few teams over the years. And I don't know if I've ever had him. It is so fun to sit down and watch a game when you need you know 25 points You're to like, win. This guy can do it. He does. He just pass right where it needs to be. Right. So fun. All right, and then finally for our fantasy predictions here, uh, into the running backs. Um, rookie running back number one. So I'm being boring. I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards Alaire. I, I, it just the volume, so much volume, almost guaranteed. The other running backs on the roster are honestly they're nobodies. When Dar- Darwin Thompson is like, oh, that's exciting. He's the handcuff. I mean, I, I just I see it as too easy of a pick. But you're going to tell me something different, aren't you? Well, I mean. Edwards Alaire is the obvious choice, and I wanted just to offer up a little bit something else to think about. I think Cam Akers has, besides CEH, he has the clearest path to a starting gig. Um, so I just went with Cam Akers just to just to shake it up. All right, yeah, I like that pick. He he was I considered him as well. Considered Taylor as well. Um, Cam I think has got the least in front of him. That is interesting. I do think uh, Mac and AP and Carrion and and uh, those those guys are going to limit everybody else. And there's just really nothing interesting in LA. And they had a, a crap ton of touchdowns last year, even with that crappy offensive line. And there's no reason why Cam Akers can't do that. Mm-hmm. For breakout running back, I went with the uh, Washington Football Club. Um, I guess it's Washington Football Team. It is. It is. Yeah, because like, this like is club better. I don't well. Know you should watch soccer then, but yeah. Um, so I said uh, Antonio Gibson. I gave two names here, Antonio Gibson or Bryce Love. <laughs> whoever um, whoever is the guy. Well, because That's I wasn't totally cheating. I wasn't sure. This is the breakout running back. I okay. wasn't sure if I could name a rookie you can. as a breakout. Yeah, if you think he's going to be elite. Okay, yeah. all right. Or, or at least, you know, be significantly better than expectations. Okay. Well, I will narrow it down to Gibson then um, being the breakout running back. Wherever it happens, I do think that the breakout – well, I'll, I'm going to save that. I'm gonna, okay. I'll, I'll come back to that idea later. Who, who's your breakout running back? Uh, you're gonna, it's going to be music to your ears because I'm going to Kenyon Drake. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's because I – I mean, I previewed it um, – when we talked about him as an underrated player, I see no reason why he cannot be a top 10 running back this year. There's no, there's nobody else on that team that is, is going to get a significant number of carries. Um, and they're going to give him a chance to do it. And I believe in that offense. So Kenyon Drake, RB one, there you go. All right. Um, and then the, uh, Oh, RB, did you say RB one? Oh, and RB one, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now we're into the RB one. Yes. I said he would be an RB one, but now we're going to talk about who is going to be the RB one. So I'm going to defer on this one, uh, okay. b- because we had a category later that is the, I forget what you called it, but it's like the fantasy dominator or something, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So my answer uh, for this the, question. The name for it is nowhere near that interesting. Can we use that instead? <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. we can. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to say for me, yeah. the RB1 this year, I, I'm I'm going to be a little surprising. I'm going to say Zeke. Whoa, that is a surprise. As a fantasy guy, I, just, I love that Dallas offense, and uh, I think he is going to get a lot of it. Um, and I think this, the, the, the passing offense is going to set up a lot of rushing touchdowns. And that's, that's why, I mean, I could say CMC because that's easy. I could say, say Saquon because that's slightly less easy. I decided to take a, a shot and, and pick who else. And I think there's a really good argument that Zeke is going to be the number one running back this year. All right. Plant your flag. Moving into the NFL section, uh, we're just going to kind of buzz through a few of these. We'll talk talk a little more about a couple of them. But NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, we went with 
Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Both of us that we've already kind of talked about why that would be the NFL Offensive Player of the Year. We have maybe some different ideas. Yeah, I'm going Christian McCaffrey, and I'm going with Christian McCaffrey because uh, he didn't get it last year, and uh, I think there's a, a, a really good case that Christian McCaffrey should have been the NFL Offensive Player of the Year, which typically goes to a running back or maybe a wide receiver. Um, and, uh, and and so I think they make up for that by giving it to him this year. Gotcha. I'm going to throw a dark horse into the race here. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay. Whoa. Uh, I already... You actually said something different four seconds ago. <laughs> Off air. Anyway, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I already mentioned Chris Godwin being the second highest yeah. receiver last year. I've already talked about him. Kenny Galladay was the third highest scoring receiver last year. Yeah. And if he gets a full season with Matthew Stafford. Yeah, um, consider he played half of last year or maybe not quite half, but a good chunk half. with it with a with definitely different quarterbacking than Matthew Stafford. So. Right. So uh yeah, I'm going to go with Kenny Galladay. Good pick. Thank you. NFL MVP. I think we're both at least I'm going Drew Brees. I'm going Drew, Drew Brees too. Um I'll talk more about that in a second after another category here. Okay, fair enough. Um, NFL Comeback Player of the Year. I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. I know you're not a big Juju fan, Sean, but uh, I see a guy here that's had two really impressive seasons and then played a season without his quarterback. Um, I know this is not a slam dunk, but I think he's got a chance to be the Comeback Player of the Year. And I'm going with Alex Smith because I don't even care if he plays a down in the NFL. I think the NFL is going to look at that guy and say he can come back and make it on an NFL roster and be a backup. He is the comeback player of the year after that injury. So it's not it's not football related. I don't disagree with your take on Juju. I mean, I do, but I don't. But I, I just think I think if an NFL is going to give out an award – a guy who almost lost his leg and comes back and, and is a, a, an NFL contributor, I think, is going to get that award. Yeah, I need to change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be Alex Smith, too. I mean, does, do you think he has to play? I mean, that's the question for me is does he have to play? I don't think so. As long as he's on the roster, I think that that's, that's it. He's mentoring uh, Haskins. What if Haskins is awesome and he attributes it all to the mentoring of Alex Smith? And uh, you know, I just think there's so many great things about this story. Then they'll create a new award for Alex Smith they that's might. even better. They might name it the Alex Smith Award. Right. All right, so our Super Bowl matchup and winner prediction. I went with mm-hmm. Saints versus Ravens. Okay. I have the Saints winning. All right. Which is then he becomes the Super Bowl and NFL MVP. Does he retire? And then he retires. He goes out on top. It's a storybook ending for Drew Brees. I don't I, I agree with all of that. I love all of that. Except for I cannot see him retiring unless Tom Brady also retires. <laughs> so I think this is gonna be a last man standing, like battling for these records kind of a thing. So my heart, my heart says it's going to be the Patriots losing to the Bucks. Wow. Yeah, I just think of that. I just think that that. Um, oh, you love the storyline. I like the storyline, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's my heart. I look at the Patriots and I think there's no way the Patriots are going to do it. So that's what I want to see. Yes. What I want to see is page. I want to see Belichick, Brady, you know, mano a mano for yeah. a Super Bowl title. I think that would be unbelievably spectacular. That would be spectacular. Yeah. I actually think it's going to be New Orleans. Oh yeah. Yeah. Crushing Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is. Uh, I like their defense, and I think I think their defense is going to be a difference maker this year. So I do think that. Um, I, but I like. I, I don't think their their overall team is going to be good enough to to keep up with Drew Brees in that offense. But I do think that that's 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 where I'm I'm going right now. I'm surprised we both picked the Saints to win the Super Bowl, though. We honestly nope. did not. What, what, what's cavort? Is that the word I wanted? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> we didn't do that either. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean we didn't compare notes. Yeah, yeah, or cavort. And last up, we have a section that are just kind of some off the wall or a fun section. Although, yeah. although I'm I'm noticing that the first question is maybe not so it's fun. It's less fun. <laughs> it's fun for us. Yeah, it is, is is people spitballing, right? Right. So uh, it's the question is the number of NFL games played. Sean, you said. I said all. I think I cannot believe I'm saying this. If you 
listen to us podcasting this summer, I would have said none. I'm saying all. I'm saying they're going to play all of the games. And uh, yeah, that's my answer. I, I really have been converted partly by watching Hard Knocks, partly by doing some reading. And I think they're going to get them all in. And also partly because I, I understand the NFL owners don't really care that much about the players. And they will basically just put the guys on COVID IR and call up the next guy from the CFL that, you know, the refugee from the CFL that they can have pass block for a game and they'll, they'll keep on rolling. Gotcha. I also said that we'd play a full slate of games. Um, this is, I, I stopped saying something earlier in the show when we were talking about COVID and this is where I wanted to talk about it. I feel like uh, the NFL teams have been kind of in a bubble yeah. for training camp. And I think when they break training camp and start traveling to play these games, I think there is going to be a serious impact at some point. So I expect the season to be delayed at some point, but I do feel like they will eventually play all the games on the schedule. I think it'll be like just delaying, like, let's say that's the Chiefs and the Chiefs, you know, have like a little mini breakout. They cancel the Chiefs game or delay it. Do you think it's going to be the whole league takes a break or think it's just going to be team by team? Yeah. If I'm just taking a prediction yeah, here, that's what of, we're doing here yeah, today. out of thin air. Um, I see kind of a big, um, a big blow up all right. at one time, probably shortly after the season starts okay. and that they'll just shut it down for however long it takes to clear that up and then start back up. And that might happen several times during the season. Yeah. I, I, uh, so some of the NFL teams are maybe all of them, but I know at least some of them, um, are basically keeping the housing that they have set up for training camp for guys that don't live in town, don't have their houses. A lot of them, they have like a hotel that they've rented out and they basically are making that available for people if they want to quarantine with their team. So let's say if a guy's got some concerns in his family, there's some guys that probably will just remain in the hotel all season or for or much of the season and have socially distant contact with their families to protect them. So I, I do think that there are, they've, that's going to be one of those things that's, you know, but it just, it just takes one knucklehead to go to the strip club and uh, you know, then, then it could be ruined for everybody. Like we've seen that in baseball. Right. All right. We have the fantasy steal of the year. Um, again, I, I kind of held back a comment earlier when I was talking about Antonio Gibson right, being saving a, the best for last, a breakout running back. Yeah. Um, I think the fantasy steal of the year will come from one of these backfields that's undecided right now. Right. So I did go with Antonio Gibson again here, but it could be Cam Akers. It could be you know, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, exactly. So. Just, just generally speaking, I feel like that's where steals come from. I, I, I totally uh, agree with you. I did not go with one of those, only because there's a lot of people thinking about that, and I went with I went with something different, which you predicted uh, when we, our, our a little um, draft of this, you know, this doc that we use back and forth. That you're like, Tim, Sean's going to predict this guy, <laughs> and uh, I actually had a different guy there when you did that. Um, but then I changed my mind. <laughs> it's going to be Van Jefferson. Okay. Van Jefferson's a guy going basically in third rounds in most rookie drafts at the end of this year, people are going to be like, well, this guy is going to be good. And then, it, and with the projections of what's going to happen with the Rams receiving core, uh, up in, for contracts next year, we're going to lose at least, I think we're going to lose, you know, cup or woods and, um, so I think that's going to be a guy that people can be like, why did we not see him? I've already said that he, in my mind, is the Terry McLaurin of the 2020 rookie class. So that's my pick. Got it. Uh, fantasy breakout player. Now I wanted to go down to your, your footnote. This is a non-elite player who will become considered an elite player next year. So it's somebody you're drafting maybe mid-rounds that's going to be drafted up in the first round next year or maybe first or second round. Right. Um, 
I we talked about Kyler Murray earlier. Yeah, this is a, a callback. It's a series a call, of callbacks. This, this is like yeah, I was just waiting for this to come together. Um, but Kyler Murray is my player. So for he's this. not the bust of the year. No, no, I <laughs> I really like Kyler Murray, um, and I think he will be considered an elite quarterback next year. I think that's a great pick. Um, I'm going to go with DK. We've talked about DK Metcalf. I I really think that um, he has kind of like a, a set of qualities that will make him uh, people will just see him as one of these receivers that can go and maybe get 12 13 touchdowns in a season um and i i think he's got the quarterback he's got the team around him he 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 has another receiver to that can do all the things that he's not really good at doing which is you know um doing little outs and 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 uh drags and and things across the middle uh, and he, he can focus on the things that he does well, which is to physically dominate and uh, um, use his speed. So I, I see him as a guy that might finish the season with 12 touchdowns and people will be like, yep, he's an elite. He's, he is, you know, in that group of guys who can win you a championship. The fantasy MVP uh, is the, the player, the fantasy player that just dominates scoring. Right. Uh, so who was your choice for that? So for me, I went I with Zeke in standard, and I went with CMC in PPR. I, I, I think they're both going to have really good years. Uh, I've, I've, I picked, I said I thought Zeke would be you know, the RB1. I also said CMC was going to win uh, what the, uh, the NFL Offensive Player of the Year. So it had to be one of those two guys. I, I think they're both going to put up a lot of points. And um, so it depends on what you're, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of copying out, but it does depend on your, on your, uh, your scoring format. So I'm going to go with Zeke and CMC. Okay. I did not uh, split them out by PPR, but I'm going to now. Because <laughs> I actually did write down both those guys. Well, not both. I, you did. I wrote down Christian McCaffrey, um, and I think he will be the P- PPR MVP, fantasy MVP. But in non-PPR, I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. He was the second highest scoring non-quarterback last right. year. So it was CMC first and then Derrick Henry. And you think that continues? I do. Right. I, I drafted him number four overall in one of my redraft leagues ahead of Kamara. So I'm crossing my fingers. I, I like that take. I like that take for sure. All right. Uh, so so I named a new award. Yeah, I love this. I, I named it. Just a little backstory. This is the Devontae Parker Award. And what is the Devontae Parker Award? It's the award for the guy that you draft and you keep on your seat, your team for what, four, and, four, four, four years and like three games or five years and three games. And then you cut. And then like your best friend picks him up and he becomes dominant. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. So this is the, the, we named this. This you're is not kidding. That's exactly that is what exactly happened. what happened. Um, but uh, yeah, but he's basically the the player that comes out of total mediocrity to be fantasy gold. So a guy that's on nobody's radar or very few radars. Um, you know, kind of a minimum uh, contract kind of a guy in a in a contract league, which we we love contract league. So. Um, that actually ends up being a, a, a significant fantasy contributor. Who do you got? I went with Brashad Perriman. I mentioned this. Uh, a little wishful thinking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he's on my team now, too. I picked him up at our But there's auction. a reason why you picked him up. And that, right. tell, tell us that reason. Yeah, I mentioned this an episode or two ago, but Brashad... By the way, by the, way the same year that I took Devontae Parker, I think I also took Brashad you Perriman, did. so this is going to be back-to-back <laughs> for me. All right, go ahead. You did, yeah. Um, so Perriman from weeks 13 to 17 last season was the number two wide receiver. Yeah. Now, he's switched teams... He's going to the Jets. Yeah, you went to a team that has no wide receivers, maybe. Well, that's true. They're all they're all hurt, and uh, Perriman is hurt right now too, as I've mentioned before. But anyway, uh, I just feel like he's he's kind of following a similar trajectory as Devontae Parker, so why not give him that award? Right. And then uh, then my career batting average is going to look so good if these guys actually pan out. Um, I I went I went even darker horse than that. I went darker horse. I watched a. Uh, I, I went Auden Tate. Mm. Auden Tate. I don't think he's on anybody's radar in a significant way. Everybody's about AJ Green and Tyler Boyd and T, T. Higgins. Higgins. Yeah. And I am not. Uh, I'm not a believer in T Higgins this year. Uh, I've never really been a b- big believer in Tyler Boyd, and I think AJ Green is not going to stay healthy. 
and who do I think has the talent to to be really productive with a with a, a high level rookie quarterback, the guy that stays healthy has is a big guy, great reach, great coordination. I'm going Auden Tate. Never comes out of nowhere. He's not going to be a wide receiver one, but he he's going to be a guy at the end of the year. You're like, oh, Auden Tate. That's a guy I want on my team. This might be my favorite new award, the Devonte Parker Award. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> In our first year. Right. Yeah, right. We, we have to, every year we have to come up with a new award named after somebody. We have one more prediction. Sean called this the insane prediction. And I'm noticing oh now my God. how similar our insane predictions <laughs> okay. are. You do yours first. <laughs> um, I predicted the Vikings. I didn't actually predict this earlier because I picked the Saints. But I predicted the Vikings will win the big game. Yeah, I, which is it? Is it the Vikings or the Saints? Right. Make a choice. And I had to call it the big game because I think there's some sort of like copyright on calling it the Super Bowl. Oh, you mean the Super <laughs> B the or the Super S B. Bowl? Yeah, maybe the S <laughs> Bowl. I like S Bowl. Um, okay, so I went with a Vikings theme prediction as well. Uh, and I went with the Vikings are going to lose in the NFC Championship game again. And I went for this with this. This is math, man. Mm. What what year is it? It's 2020. Yeah, what happened nine years? Oh, sorry. No, no, 2020. Uh, it would be 11 years ago was what year? 2009. And what happened in 2009? Brett Favre threw an interception to tank us in the NFC Championship game. Right. And what was 11 years before that? Oh, boy, you're challenging me. 1998. And what happened in 1998? 41 no, 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 that was the wide left kick from Gary Anderson yeah, in the yeah. NFC Championship game. Right. And then 11 years before that was? 1987. Yeah, and what happened then? Um, Darren Nelson <laughs> dropped a pass on the goal line <laughs> right. uh, in the NFC Championship game. There you go. Wow. And actually 11 years before that was 76. 76. And I, I, I think actually um, the Vikings actually maybe lost the Super Bowl in 76. I think they did. But I think it depends on when the Super Bowl, when the NFC Championship game was played. Uh, for some reason, because they also lost in the NFC Championship game, but I think it was 75. Oh, okay. So it was, it's really, really, really close. And that was the Drew Pearson push-off. So it's 11 years later. It's time for the Vikings. It's time to... for the Vikings to lose in the NFC Championship game. Isn't I... that depressing? Are we ending on a downer? No. It's It's... And that's not an insane prediction because that's what happens. That's true. Here. Actually, maybe I've actually not done an insane prediction. All right. All right. <laughs> I take it all back. Vikings are going to win. <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for our 2020 fantasy predictions episode. If you'd like to add a different name to the list or a different award, you can join the conversation on our Facebook group. It's called the steel pod. It's a great place to get opinions about trades or roster management from a community of people that understand how salary cap fantasy football works. You don't have to talk things through with your competitors anymore. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at SteelPod. I'm at SteelPod Sean. And on our next episode, we have our week one market report. We'll be talking about whose stock is up, whose stock is down after seeing actual football. I can't wait. Neither can I. Oh. Well, thank you for joining us today. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at Steel Pod. Thank you.